the diamond, I realized the diamond. that I have to be The Empathy Museum presents A Mile in My Shoes. These are size 11 pink Converse All-Star shoes. They look quite beaten up and worn out. The laces are quite loose and white. They've got a lot of stitching around the whole shoe and the sole is brown with patterns of diamonds and triangles. The end of the shoe is made up of black and white stripes and so is the whole sole with an All-Star sign at the back of the shoe. These shoes belong to Andy Roberts. This is his story. I'm Andy Roberts and I live on Greenwich Peninsula and have done for some time. I'm here pretty much 355 days a year, give or take, the time when I go off to see my daughter and family. <laughs> it's kind of a relationship, like a, an, a marriage of sorts. <laughs> an odd marriage. Uh, a bitter marriage at times, but generally a happy marriage. Well, my official title in my company is just basic bog standard operations manager, which wraps you up to be whatever anyone who pays you decides you want to be at any given time. One day I might be cleaning a block sewer, the other day I might be in a meeting with highfalutin artists planning a design to stick a pylon upside down in the ground. And so I have a rich and varied role that changes with the tides of the Thames, it would seem. first time I came to the peninsula, I was a sprightly young 18-year-old boy, halcyon in... I was not. I was an 18-year-old boy. I'd come down. Um, my father at the time was working to set up the Millennium Dome exhibition, and the peninsula was freshly polished and built and very different to how we see it today. There were lots more fences and hoardings, and, and largely it was fairly unspoiled. There was no reason to be here unless you were building, um, unless you were local and, or knew the little pilot in the pub and had a reason for some strange oddness to go there. There was an air of peace and it was quiet. There was nothing, really. These were my early days. I had hair then. I was a hairdresser, the irony. I am now, you can now squeak my head like a baby's bottom. But I'm managing to make up for that with a ginormous beardy face. I've had a good history of working for companies that got into administration, but I think that was mostly the um, timing of my uh, adulthood. I worked for a wonderful company called Chiro Chitirio Menswear, and they disappeared wonderfully, and then had a break, because in 2003, um, got married. And uh, back then, we didn't have a lot of money. So uh, we were gifted the opportunity of a honeymoon. Um, some nice notes were shoved in my pocket on my wedding day and said, take your, take your now wife to London, which we did. And um, as horrible as it may sound, conceived my first daughter, um, only daughter, in one cottage. Uh, we got divorced, so that's not a reflection on Greenwich Peninsula, more of a, a young man not knowing what he was doing. Years later, um, tied again to the peninsula, to the cottages, 
and to the pilot pub, met the love of my life. And now I have a two and a half year old son that was conceived two doors down from the first daughter. So there's obviously a, a wonderful ley line lying in the peninsula. I got given the opportunity to finally move to this place. Uh, I became redundant from a job in Peterborough. It was a dead-end job. I just got divorced. I wasn't in a particularly happy place. And then my dad, who had moved on from running the O2 and decided he wanted to help um, a little contractor on the peninsula who'd suffered, unfortunately, with a fire that had taken a lot from him. And he said, look, you can do this. Come down. I didn't believe I could do it. But he said, you've got the skill. And he pushed me. He gave, basically gave me no choice anyway. So he picked me up one January morning and dragged me down to the big smoke. I want you to imagine that for just a minute. You, you've got someone's faith in you. If you look up to um, above now, I mean, even now, I still see my dad as the, the strongest man I've ever met, the hardest man I've ever met, the most compassionate man. And he's been an inspiration. His name is still dotted. I still open files on the peninsula and see his name. But he brought me down and said, you're doing this. And then all of a sudden, at the end of the day, when he went home, I was on my own. I had to forge my way. And that was a very nervous time, but there was no going back. It was, you're doing this. I'd always been pretty mollycoddled from there. I was had a, a, a very protective mum and a dad who wasn't so protective, very loving, but really wanted to push me into going my own way. If he hadn't have done that, I'd probably still be living at home, 35, PlayStation, Xbox, no girlfriend and all the rest of it, or a massive drunk. So, you know, ups and downs. I think we can all find ways of wimping out and avoiding doing something that's difficult. But if you actually really just stop for a minute and think, let's just bloody do it and go balls deep, and I think you're, um, you're onto a winner. There's no point in, in wimping out, I could have run back home, but instead I've forged a career, I've created a legacy of, of my own. My name will be forever stamped around here. There's things I've touched or things I've in, been involved in that could outlive me, and I think that's, um, that was worth the initial discomfort. Yes, I did meet Rachel in the pilot. Yeah, she was lovely when I first met her. She still is. She still is. Don't don't, don't get me wrong. I'm not. I don't do that. Don't tell her. She's Irish. She's very scary. But she was. Um. Yeah. She came over. She'd been uh, teaching sailing in Greece, and we uh, pretty soon just fell into a, a long bubbleified romantic relationship that concerned no one else other than us. This. Um, gorgeous 22-year-old woman fell in love with this beardy mountain man-looking 30-year-old man. And we're still kind of like that today as well. Just a bubble surrounds our, our little three and my daughter, when she comes down and joins it as well, where uh, nothing else concerned us at all but just being on the peninsula and finding that we had the same friends and um, we all gathered together. There were some happy years just before the pilot was... Um, refurbished in fact or it was a bit more spit and sawdust and um, we had a group of friends who we would always find them in there ten past four onwards and I could walk home and 
have to be forced into going to converse and sit on a comfy bar stool and drink ale. Um, sadly, we've lost some of those friends now, but they'll always have a stool in the pilot, I think. The future's interesting, I suppose. Everything we've been working for will kind of be cyclical. Eventually, it'll, um, it'll move me away from this place I love. I, I would imagine, unless by some massive twist of fate, that I won't be able to afford to, um, to live here forever. But at the same time, I'm generating something that's, um, I suppose, beyond me, beyond my little family and, 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 and beyond the other guys that we've been involved in. Um, in the future, this will be uh, a built-up metropolitan suburb of London in many ways, I suppose, similar to the Canary Wharfs. But the one thing that will never change is there's a big red line around the cottages and around the pilot and around that parkland, and that is never allowed to change. So they, as things build, as things change, and as I move on or progress or whatever happens, there will always be a part of me that sits bang smack in the middle of the peninsula whether it's a memory of me falling outside the pilot after far too many hours or planting lavender or um, meeting the love of my life. There'll always be a part of me that sits right bang smack in the middle. Andy's story was produced by Andrea Rangecroft. His shoes are part of a growing collection of footwear hosted by the Empathy Museum's A Mile of My Shoes exhibition. The shoes and stories come from all over the world. Follow us on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram to find out where we are going next.